0: Hi Sam. Hey Nathan. What's up? Oh, not much. Doing the old uh, coronavirus jig. That—that's where <laughs> you don't go outside or
1: whatever. Yeah, it's—it was so nice the past few days. I actually we, the section of our house uh, where my office sits is all flat roof, one level flat roof, and so I actually uh, hooked up a, a ladder on the exterior to, like, be able to go up and hang out on top of our roof. Oh, you did that? Because it's, yeah, it's just, you know, a regular work ladder. Nice. But it was so, I I threw, a like, an outdoor um, rug up there, a small rug, and just kind of, like, chilled yesterday. It was so nice out. Mm -hmm. And even though it's the roof of my house, it's sort of the most surrounded part in terms of greenery oh yeah Uh, and now that it's all grown in we're well into spring here um it's super private even though you're up on a roof so it's it's a cool place to relax now now today is the opposite of that today is (laughs) rainy and a bit bit nippy
0: yes it is it's a little cold i mean i love it i'm i'm a big fan of rain anybody that's like
1: uh I don't like the rain. I'm, I'm the opposite of that. I've always found that interesting. Are you, is that a sustained feeling? Like no matter how long, how many days in a row, or does it ever start to wear you down?
0: It never really, it never really wears me down. If there's like a full week of, of rain, I'm like, I just, I just love it. That said, I did go to Seattle and every time I tell people that I like rain, everyone's like, Oh, so you like Seattle, huh? Um, (laughs) And I'm like, why do you say it like that? Why would you say it like that? And I, anyway, I've never for the record I've never said that but yeah you're probably you probably did well actually I don't know uh yeah so I but I actually Abby and I did go to Seattle a couple years ago and it was raining the whole time and I did hate it uh I I did I hated it it was it was weird it was like um it was kind of like an oppressive. Rain Here's there. the thing. That's what I was exactly what I was going to say. When, you, when it
1: rains at, at home and you're at home, you're at home base. You know what the environment is like around you. There's no reason. Like how often do you actually go out into the rain and explore the city? I'm sure a bit, but it's not like you, when it rains, are you like, I can't wait to go out. I'm actively, or are you like cozied up at home and you're just feeling the right vibes, right? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's the situation. And when you travel, not trying to hang mm-hmm. out in your hotel or your Airbnb the whole time, you're trying to like get out. And the, the oppressiveness of the rain would probably start to to wear down more quickly yeah, when you're true. supposed to be out, like, you know, exploring a new place versus at home where
0: you the place is explored and right. you, you have a sense of your surroundings. I think there's something to that. Uh, yeah, because we were trying to go out in it and it was just so much rain it wasn't even like kind of like a normal amount of rain it was just a a full five days of downpour oh
1: wow see that's funny because here anytime it rains like it is today where it's sort of uh just drizzling overcast gray i always feel like this is what it is in the Seattle
0: yeah that's kind of what i thought too and uh it was just it was like a driving rain we could not go anywhere without getting just drenched and uh eh, it was it was all right i mean Seattle itself was cool. Uh especially the second time I went I went back. I actually liked it a lot more. It was definitely intense. Today, day like today, here at home. Yeah, it is it is nice like being at home. Okay, I'm gonna edit photos. Okay, I'm gonna watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay, I'm going to record some music. Not yeah. I'm sitting in my hotel room with, you know, a journal and a book and yeah. can't really do much right. else. Yep, I'm with you on
1: that. In fact, once we're done podcasting, I might just go uh, have myself a little fire Ooh. If, the wood, if the wood isn't too saturated. Ugh, this
0: and is see. so annoying, this coronavirus thing, because we should really be hanging out. I know, I yeah.
1: Uh, I don't know. I feel like, you know, things, we don't need to talk at length about it. But, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you've been out into the world in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Officially, things are starting to open up. I think restaurants can open limited to 10 people right now Mm -hmm. which will be interesting to observe how they manage that yeah and then they're trying to, I guess, make exceptions for a larger number of people they can serve in outdoor spaces. Like, I don't know about you, man, but the first place, if and when we we can like hang out again, mm-hmm. we need. I want to go to a freaking coffee shop and just hmm. plump my ass down and just sit on my computer and work in a different environment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really miss. I really miss. Agreed. That. Yeah, me too. Uh, uh, I guess you know it's been a couple weeks since our last podcast, but maybe we should go ahead yeah. and segue straight up into our uh, main topic of discussion since. <laughs> you know this is what the title of this episode is likely to emphasize and be about 2020 state of the wedding photography boom, industry boom, 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 did you boom. notice i scored the domain state of the industry dot photography i did i, I kind of like it i kind of love that domain that is name. an awesome <laughs> domain
0: state of the industry <laughs> dot
1: photo yeah that's what it's not dot photography yeah yeah cool it's uh it's a tricky thing domain names it's it, is. it's it is it's like in email address like I I honestly don't know how people that have email addresses for for sure but also um like instagram usernames and and these like you know identifying kind of addresses for places where you need to explain or spell it every time you need to tell somebody that it's such a trick to get a domain name that speaks for itself in in a sense that you know exactly how it should be spelled out Mm -hmm. it's easy and it like resonates in your mind as a Thing to easily remember. Uh, We had this issue with when we were tossing around the Legacy Lab branding. mm -hmm. It's like the domain name for it, and and uh, you know it was like, okay, do you do? And I had this issue with the word the also with my uh, workshop. So like the okay, is it thelegacylab.com or is it legacylab.com? And then you have the pluralization issue. Well, is it Legacy Labs or is it the Legacy Lab or Legacy Labs, the Legacy Labs? There's so many subtle different combinations that it kind of makes it hard to remember. And it blows my mind when somebody has like yeah. an email address that's like, yeah, it's K H dot Barenstein B E and it's like how many yeah. how, how many minutes of your life oh, have yeah. been wasted we're talking, having to spell Yeah, we're talking weeks. Your of your Life that you're just never going to get back
0: <laughs> like,
1: oh my god i feel it when i have to when i emphasize heard h-u-r-d at least that's one one letter that needs to be clarified but people that have to sit there and spell their instagram name their whatever it's Dude. like you are killing your reach your ability for people to recall uh with ease who you are. And when serendipitously you come up in a conversation, people aren't going to be able to find you. They're, they're not going to be able to email you when they need, or, you know, again, like Instagram, social media, or find your website. Uh, I, do, I do think I uh, solved the problem of Legacy Lab. Okay. So I registered another domain that this is the Legacy Lab. Dot com. Oh, okay, nice. I like that's, that. one. That's nice. This is the that legacy is lab. Um, anyway, so state of the industry. dot Yeah, maybe I should go ahead and register. dot photography. But eh, maybe. Well, maybe this is the second annual, and it's it's a little bit uh, confusing for people because my my inclination in the first round uh, was to call it the 2018 state of the industry because, because it was measuring it, though it was released in 2019, stuff. it was measuring 2018. But I came around and and this year realized like that's really killing my uh, interest for people that don't know me and don't actively right. follow it what I'm trying to do. It's year. like, why do I care about last yeah. year's? Yeah. So that's that's why I went from 2018 to 2020 and I just renamed 2018 to 2019. Yeah, and So from now on, it will always be titled whatever year it's released. Assuming I don't fall a year behind in releasing the date. <laughs> but this is faster. Last year's I released sometime in I think August and this year's I'm, I'm getting it out in May. So that's so yeah, no, this that's is, a, you this know, about a quarter improvement in time. And next year, I hope to get it out even sooner since things in terms of branding and style and all that are pretty solidified for how the thing should look. Right.
0: But uh, what do you think? Any first thoughts? Overall, it's, it's really cool. It's um, nice to kind of get a, yeah, just kind of get a really easy to understand, not too long report. I think if it was any longer, it would be, you know, too long. But I think, I think it's just right it's not too short either it seems like it's got yeah i I label it as being 45 pages but a lot of those are just title
1: pages intro page like yeah there's probably 20 where it's actual like data that you're looking at
0: right um i overall that those are kind of my i mean that's really my overall thoughts it's very nice looks slick looks easy to understand it's not too long and i just had a bunch of i just had a bunch of notes uh to go through but overall looks awesome and, um, I don't know, what do you think cool. overall?
1: Yeah, I think it came together well. Then what I'm realizing more and more is that I, w- I was, pretty crushed as I mentioned in my little summary or whatever, out, uh, my, on my actual post going along with the PDF that you can download. I kind of mentioned the frustration yeah. I had obviously with, with the state of things being completely upended, uh, and like what, who's going to care to read this data. And in in a way that that's, that still holds true, but, uh, you know, a lot of these numbers probably aren't relevant anymore, but that's okay. Like the, at the end of the day, this entire idea isn't really that valuable when you're looking at each year's report on its own standalone, where it's really going to like the, the long-term goal, you know, year four, year five is, is going to be where the value really surfaces when we can start to draw trend lines and see and have like a predictable sense of where things are going not just where they are right now like that's where a report like this and a, and a project like this really yeah becomes i mean valuable. yeah you, so. you can look at
0: you can look at this thing right now and be like okay cool uh i guess i fit somewhere in here what really becomes yeah what really becomes valuable is comparing it year to year and seeing okay comparing this year's to last year's that's you know that's yeah that's fairly interesting but comparing this year's to the following year now that's going to be something crazy uh that's (laughs) going to be something awesome because just it will you we will see a direct impact to coronavirus on uh like just and we we will be able to draw real conclusions from it uh so i think that's going to be kind of the most interesting thing is uh you know i just can't wait till next year's report (laughs) yeah uh (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> i feel like that was a
0: very we might as
1: well be wearing suits and
0: ties and a conference room yeah the um you know the synergy of this uh these <laughs> logistic reports are really going to increase our uh abundance of i don't know i don't know i don't know any yeah. business speak
1: Now, that being said, and I'm I'm sure we can circle back to wherever you want in your notes as we get going down here. Uh, There are cool things that you can look at. And if you actually dive into the the Excel spreadsheet data, uh, a fellow patron supporter uh, who's a professional kind of data guy in some capacity created what they call cuts. Some cuts against some of the questions so that you can compare people that answered, um, how long have you been a professional photographer? Like that data is held up against uh, a specific set of questions. Questions Like number of years in business. Gotcha. So you can actually look at the X, Y axis in the Excel spreadsheet and see, uh, let's, let's see here. Um, the number of people, well, let's go to a more interesting question than that. So The number of people that have been in business the longest, 87% of respondents answered six to 10 years, and the vast majority of them photograph weddings. That's cool. That makes sense, probably implied. Mm -hmm. So that's a simple conclusion you can draw. But there's other more interesting things once you start to kind of go through one question at a time. How many weddings, six plus hours of coverage did you photograph in 2019 as the primary photographer? So the data seems to trend toward uh, people in years one, zero to three. The vast majority only photograph between one and five weddings on their own. That makes okay. sense. And then the numbers kind of trend again toward the looks like they center around the peak of uh, between six to 10 years, photograph between 16 and 25 weddings a year. Uh, hmm. And then there's equally, the exact same amount, 27% of people responded, uh, if, they sh- if they have been shooting for 11 to 20 or plus years, they also shoot between 16 and 25. That's interesting. And there's a noticeable drop-off between 26 and 35 for those, but it does yeah. still trend in that direction. It's really interesting. I'm going to have to show you. Yeah. Actually, let me share my screen so you can sure. see sort of what, what I'm discussing. This is all, like, you know, riveting podcast <laughs> uh, talk. When you, I am looking see. at so a can you see? full- Sheet of numbers right now. I mean, we're <laughs> talking numbers. Here? So here we go. Can you actually make out what the letters yes. are, and numbers are saying? Okay. So we. this is, uh, the columns are colored mm-hmm. uh, from like one, one group to the next. Okay. Uh, and then the yellow, that's where uh, like significant peaks tend to sort of form so you can look at for example uh let's go to another section so this question what was your average wedding day total package price okay and then it breaks down the the different blocks that people could respond so you can compare that response to a specific region right Mm. here this set of uh Mm -hmm. this block is the regions this block here is how many years those people have been in business versus how many um uh descriptions there are so this is uh photography weddings versus something else blah 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 so if we look at this question what was your average wedding day package price. We can start to go over to each section. So let's go to what state do you primarily do okay. business in? This is broken down by region. Uh, and it looks like if you start to look where the yellows clump together and where the percentages peak, 33% of people in the Midwest okay. answer between 3000 and $4,000. Okay. So for the Midwest, the the vast majority of people charge between that amount yep. One in the, in the Southwest, Looks like it trends even lower. You see that thirty-three percent of people said between two thousand and three thousand. Okay. Let's see for us. So that's the Northeast, northeast I guess, or, or maybe I we're in between. So that that peaks around twenty-three percent yeah. in the four to five thousand dollar range. Okay. So twenty-six uh, percent in the three. to So we're in the like three to five thousand dollar range. If you want to mm-hmm. blend between these two numbers, um, I do not live in the U.S. Look at that. The vast majority of people shoot in the one, one to, to two thousand dollar range. So you're mm. you're having everybody outside of the U S. gravitate toward this one to two thousand dollar range, versus the U S. as a whole. If you start to look yeah. at all these numbers together, kind of gravitate in the three to five thousand dollar yep. range, or, or that's three thousand, yeah, that's,
0: up to five thousand. Uh huh.
1: Yeah, three to five. If you start to kind of look where all the yellows right. really center themselves, that is cool. Uh,
0: that is really interesting.
1: Interesting way to look at the data. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's kind of fascinating. The, the longer you stare at it, the more it starts to make sense here. So let's see, let's look at what was your average wedding day booking price versus how long you've been a professional photographer. So this is all regions all over the world combined into uh, how long oh, you've been okay. a wedding photographer. So um, let's see, zero to three years, 38% responded that they charge between 1 and $2,000. Okay. So that's pretty good. That's the peak, Yeah, that's 38%. Yeah, that's
0: fine. If you've been shooting for that's 1 to good. 3 years and you're already up to, you know, a 1,000 or 2, uh that's that's great. That's
1: yeah. 37% um, of people shooting between 4 and 5 years charge between 2 and $3,000. Yeah. It keeps trending up as you might expect. Between 6 and 10 years, peaks at uh 30. Ooh, that's oh, look interesting. Look
0: that. 30% ah.
1: So still shoot between 2 and $3,000. Yeah. And then look but yeah, and 27% shoot between 3 and 4. So there's a higher percentage that charge more, but still the majority between 6 and 10 years are still in that $2 to $3,000 yeah. pocket. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting.
0: It's only when you hit 11 to 20 years that you can start to see people really you know Let's well, see. See. yeah, eleven
1: to twenty plus. The peak is at twenty-eight percent, and that's three to four thousand. And they're the only ones. Let's see. One percent said they prefer, prefer not to answer. Seven percent, sixteen total respondents said they charge between uh, more than seven thousand dollars. And they've been shooting only for longer
0: 7%. than eleven or yeah. longer than eleven years. Yeah,
1: and nobody shooting between zero and five years. Zero respondents. We're charging more to, more than seven thousand dollars. That makes sense, mm-hmm. uh, and you might assume that, but it's good to see actual
0: numbers correlate with that. Right, you're not, there's not some, seeing. There's people who are like, I've been shooting for one year and i'm charging $7,000. Seven, exactly. Right. Nobody's doing that. In
1: fact, nobody's shooting for 0 to 3 years. Zero people said that they are charging charge more than, than 5,000. 5, Only five said that they were charging between 4 and 5,000. This this is the kind of chart that's really hard to like stylize yeah. in a fancy PDF. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see how this actually starts to get exciting with with how you can reinforce um or maybe have a more informed opinion about like your decisions. So how long have you been shooting, Nathan? You're in the
0: six to 10 year
1: pocket, yep. right? And, uh, so you're, I guess right alongside everybody and else, I'm, your I'm average in that, booking day Yeah, dress. I'm in that
0: 27%. So I'm charging between yeah. 3000 and 4,000 for my sort of average, my, my like main package. And only 13% of people
1: in your category charge between four and 5000 right. So that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What else can we compare against price? We have which is the best describes your business. So I need to make this a little bit bigger. The words are getting cut off some, somehow. I think that's the... Um, Ah, primary source of income versus secondary, but significant source versus supplementary, and then unpaid oh, okay. hobby. Yeah, this is good. No, yeah, nobody replied that it was an unpaid. That hobby. it was an unpaid hobby. Okay, so that's good. So we're dealing with you know people that are actually making money from it. That's good. That's <laughs> nice. So as their primary so,
0: source of income, we've got uh, people that are charging between three thousand and fourth. Okay, so that's interesting. So as a primary source of income we've got people that are 20 so 29% of respondents that say that it's their primary source of income are also charging between 2 and 3000. Right. And then 26% say that it's between 3 and 4000. Right. Okay. As a yeah. se- secondary s- significant but not primary source of income We've got people that are charging between one and two thousand, and as secondary supplemental. So basically, for everybody
1: who's not shooting with a with their photography business being their primary source of income, they are duking it out between the one dollar and three thousand dollar market. Right bracket which seems to be where most of the things are saturated it's crazy no 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 2000 very few people we're looking at 2000 oh and well no i'm looking at this block here where the vast majority of people responded between secondary source income those significant or supplementary they're purely locked in this range of like zero to $3,000 right. what they're charging versus people on the primary source of income. Everything's trending up closer to this 29 to 26% range, mm-hmm. which is 2000 to $4,000 price point. So that's, that's interesting. That's a lower trend than I would hope to yeah, see. Agreed. Yeah. I, I'm I really bummed that, that more, more people didn't respond saying they were in the three to
0: $5,000 range as a primary source of income yeah yeah per i wedding. mean you're gonna okay well what about people that what about a m- number of weddings is there is is there a uh, yeah so let's see how many weddings
1: Like how many hours did you photograph
0: per yeah per year
1: so let's look so as um So the question is, how many weddings, six plus hours of coverage, did you photograph in 2019 as the primary photographer? So this is not including people that maybe second shot some weddings. Um, Vast majority for people that make weddings their primary source of income, 29% said between 16 and 25. Yeah. But how that compares to how much money, I think I'd have to create a separate cut
0: of data to to take those. Yeah, that's a little tricky. That's tricky. Because what I would like to see is... How many people are using photography as their primary source of income and are charging? What would be great to see yeah. is like these
1: 45 people that responded that they make between $5,000 and $6,000 mm-hmm. per average booking. Of those 45 respondents... How many of how many weddings are they shooting? Right, exactly. That, exactly. Yeah, that would be that would be question. that'd be fun to play out. I need to f- play with the data more to figure that out, and that's where hopefully next year's and the year after, sometime when I can assess and create a budget to do this. I want to create an interactive dashboard at the domain that we talked about earlier, State of the Industry dot photo, so that you can make those things.
0: Yeah, that would be those really cool. If cuts it was yourself, yeah. yeah. If it was uh, if it was interactive.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to see if there's anything. Down there. So let's look at this. Let's look, moving on. Uh, What was included in your average wedding day package? So for people, I don't know that we'll see huge deviations depending on if it's your primary, secondary. Yeah, okay. So it looks like, uh, let's look at for how long you've been shooting and then how that correlates to what's included. Okay. So ninety more than 90% of everybody who's been shooting longer than four years across the board include high res files. Um, only, well, not only uh, still a significant amount, but 78% of people shooting between zero and three years include high res files. Okay. So that's interesting. I wonder if people are trying to make up for low, low cost by adding high res files as like an add on people can purchase or something. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's weird um it's still a significant amount though 78 percent is
0: a pretty big turnout but yeah um let's see a uh, second shooter so okay yeah second shooter so between 11 and 20 years over half of the respondents okay so over half of the respondents that shoot uh that include a second shooter have been shooting for 11 to 20 years is that how i'm reading that, is that am i reading yep. that correctly Yep, so they include that
1: in the average wedding day package. Uh, So it does seem to trend a little bit lower, especially the zero to three years. Only 34% of people include a second shooter. Mm -hmm. Uh, So most people shooting between one and three years don't include a second shooter in their average package. And then it's a a toss-up for years four to ten, 44% of people in both pockets include it. So it's sort of a 50-50 thing. Again, what would be interesting would be to see of of the people that include second shooters, how many uh what what is the like average price that they charge right. in their wedding bookings. That'd be kind of cool to, to look yeah, at. That would be awesome. Somehow. Session booking price and then we have allotment booking price, which might be a little more relevant for people now. Yeah. You want to let's let's, take let's a look see. at that. So uh do you want to cut it against how long
0: or uh, yeah, let's, let's look see at how long. Yeah. So how long? how long you've been a professional and how well, I don't know if that would be all that useful. Um Yeah. Let's go to the primary source okay. of income. So Photography is their
1: primary source of income. Yeah. What was your average elopement booking price? So looks like peaks at 44. First of all, I'll yeah, say 44%, 44% of the people don't, gonna, shoot don't, don't shoot elopements yeah. at all. So that seems like a bit of an opportunity for some, uh, it looks like between 40, Four, fifteen, 15 and 14 percent hover between five hundred dollars and a thousand dollars and a $1, thousand dollars fifteen hundred so it looks like we're, we're hovering right around the thousand dollar mark mm-hmm. if you just kind of split the difference between those yeah for people that shoot weddings as their primary source of income they and charge what they make from eleven hundred
0: they, they charge between a thousand and fifteen hundred yeah. for elopements.
1: it looks like 19 people Two, but that's only 2% of the respondents, but 19 people said they charge over $3,000 for an elopement. Wow. Huh. Now, let's compare that against uh, male versus female versus prefer not to answer. Elopements, look at that. Oh, can we do number of elopements? Oh, I don't have the cut for yeah, that, I'm unfortunately. But from what they charge, it looks like females trend a little bit higher. Like we have 15 to 17% charge between 500 and 1500 for men, I guess it sort of trends a little closer to a $1,000 with the 13% peak here. Mm-hmm. It's a little tricky, though. It's fascinating. Anyway, uh, this is riveting podcast yeah, talk, I'm, I'm sure. It,
0: sure I'm sure everybody out there in podcast land is glued to their headsets. How much of your revenue depends on print sales? So that was actually a question that I had because uh, on there, was it was print sales only albums? Is that what you were talking about?
1: Yeah, it's clear. It's specified to say only albums. Okay. because
0: yeah. um, it just doesn't seem like there's that much money in print sales. But then again, you were only talking about albums. Was there nothing in in the? I can't remember. Was there was there not an entry in the? Uh, no, I don't think was, about. Don't think there was like an sales? overall. I don't because so. I think that would be really useful to have in the future, just because. Oh, there is. How, so I don't know if it's oh, breaking non- out in the expels. So, oh. so how much of your revenue
1: depends on print sales, not an album? Oh. Zero to ten percent was ninety percent of response. Wow.
0: So see that to me is very. It's very significant. I, I'm, what I'm looking for in all of these things is like, what opportunities are there? What are the what are where are some gaps? And print sales is definitely one of those gaps where... I
1: mean, we got 7.3% of people saying it's, you know, 11 to 20% of their business. Right.
0: So that's not... So...
1: An inc- it's not an insignificant part of their business, although it's a very small number of it's people. It's a small
0: number of people, but those people are making money off of print sales. I mean, I don't, I don't know what... Like, for instance, I know that in... Like, this year, I made a little bit less in print sales, but some years, I have made lots of money from pin- print sales and it's easier than ever now with pick time. And I mean, shoot proof was doing it a long time ago, but with, or sorry, InstaProofs was doing it a long time ago where they would kind of have these automated email yeah, campaign right. campaigns or whatever. Um, it's easiest now with, with your, w- uh, or with, um, with pick time, but, um, print sales is a huge opportunity to make extra money, uh, in your, yeah in your uh, in your business and i think that the fact that 90% of people said that it's not really doing much for them that they're not making much money off of it there's an opportunity right there i think i think we can you know as photographers i think i think it's so great to have physical prints I um, agree.
1: Yeah. It's, it's tricky. Cause it's I wonder tricky. if it, obviously it's a societal thing where people aren't, everything's digitized. So people are fine with like stuff being on their phone background or something like that, their wallpaper for their computer. But yeah, what can we do to push, push. Print sales, but I wonder if some of it's like, yeah, we really do want print sales, but they just never get around yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Versus maybe or prints are too expensive right. because everything's so digitized. People, but then you look at entire companies like Fractal and all these like framing companies that are popping up left and right that are that are really pushing, um, you know, physical prints. Yeah. Uh, the, what's the album company? Artifact. Yep. Uh, Uprising, mm-hmm. which make like these cool little Instagram print books for like really cheap uh and these entire companies are surviving by people actually buying prints so there must be somewhere in the world that you can yeah just wedge it in but i don't know i have i don't know how long you've been running uh, your galleries on pick time now but i've
0: had uh more sales than i've ever had from any gallery host on pick yep. time over the last six months yeah um pick time is pick time is so great uh, i'm gonna be sort of using them a lot more this year uh given that I now finally understand how how some of the automation works. Yes. But, uh, okay, moving on. Word of mouth uh, seems to be the main source of leads uh, for everybody.
1: Yeah. Do we have that broken down in the, let's see, do do you offer high-res files? Do you offer USB key? Blah blah. Oh, that's an interesting one, real quick. Question 16. Do you offer USB key or hard copy backup for your deliverable? Mm -hmm. Look at that. If you don't live in the U.S., 62% of people said they offer it everybody in the US well more than 50% across the board um do not offer right. it so it's it's like the US has said no 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 to USB
0: and everyone outside the world is still still living. Yeah this is after I ordered $500 worth of USB <laughs> yeah a couple of years ago yeah but yes and and, and, and I stopped I stopped including them like I I've only gotten Two requests in the last two years for me to send them, you know, USBs that like they were expecting. And so, I was like, okay, yeah. sure.
1: Across the board, everybody seems to agree that uh, full day wedding days are the most po- profitable, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, which work do you find most profitable elopements? Very profitable, somewhat. Well,
0: what I was going to say about that, too, is that it seems like senior portraits, families, elopements, engagements are all viewed as profitable, uh, now, yeah. I don't know if everybody has the exact same definition of profitable, but because like a lot. Well, that's where, yeah.
1: yeah, this is sort of a t- tricky thing. I, you know, you can answer
0: very, somewhat, not, did not shoot. So everybody sort of, has said that it's, it's profitable, like on some, yeah. in some level. Like Yeah. And
1: it seems to trend toward very for weddings mm-hmm. and also sort of seems, well, let's see. 33% of people responded somewhat profitable for elopements. So there's definitely fewer. Uh, anyway, yeah, let's see. Which work do you find most problem? Senior sessions. Ooh, look at that. The Midwest. Senior sessions are where it's at. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. That's That does not surprise me at all.
1: Uh, and then also the West Coast seems to have more senior sessions happening. Uh, let's see. Outside of the U.S., did not sixty four percent of people outside the U.S. did not shoot senior sessions, so that's not a thing there. It seems like same with the Northeast, and then so, that's so funny. So that's really interesting to see how senior sessions break down mm-hmm. in terms of uh, profitability, which I think can sort of correlate to popularity. Uh, if something is more popular, it's probably more profitable. And yeah, senior sessions just aren't, aren't a big deal unless you're in the Midwest or the West. You see these numbers. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Now I'm curious. Uh, do we see any interesting trends with how long you've been shooting as a professional versus if you do senior sessions? Let's oh, see.
0: that'd be interesting. Yeah, are you a professional who and do, do you do do you do senior?
1: <laughs> Looks like uh, family sessions uh, are very profitable in the southeast. Okay. So yep. maybe the, again, 25%. maybe that can correlate to popularity. Yeah. Uh, Somewhat profitable. Looks like it peaks around the west West Coast. Fifty six percent said they're somewhat profitable. So seems sort of like a toss up for family sessions. Yeah.
0: yeah. What else did I have? Overall profit Yeah. Let's go through some of your okay. Word of mouth. So word of mouth seems to be the main source of leads, and twenty five percent of leads are coming from Instagram. Which is kind of interesting. I mean, still it seems that word of mouth is still the best way to get clients hands down, like by a huge margin. I don't remember what the percentages were, but it was a huge amount.
1: It's. I have it here on the Excel sheet. So word of mouth um, looks like 61%. Yeah. Well, let's see. Yeah, over 50% across the board with more people trending toward the 60% number. Right. Uh, except for in the West Coast, word of mouth respondents,
0: 54% said it was, yeah um but um and so getting instagram in there is has been really helpful for 25 percent of respondents so that was kind of cool yeah okay oh what else does i say oh business instagrams are appear to be not updated every day across the board
1: Uh, yep here we go so how frequently do you post on your business instagram so um where do these numbers saturate Three to five times per week, or no, here we go, 30% said a few times per month, right. and that would be, it's sort of similar to... The,
0: the, the interesting sorry. thing, see, I'm, we're looking at this thing, and there are no significant peaks here anywhere, uh, anywhere yeah. on, on... Geographically, broken down by geography, there
1: is no, right. nothing is, is uh, highlighted yellow. Okay, which what about how long you can, you've been a professional? So, with primary source of income, it looks like thirty-three percent of people post three to five times per week. Okay, if it's a primary source of here, income,
0: the, the, the main takeaway for me was that it appears that where is it at least once per day. Okay, so and I fall into this category as well, where I don't post every single day. I I try to, but I don't. I I end up I end up posting. Especially since the coronavirus situation, I've been posting like three times Look a week, this. maybe five.
1: Look at this. Almost twice as many if you're a female. So 12% of women post at least once per day versus only 7% right. of men. Uh, looks like 24% of women uh, and it's it's closer if to do the one to two times per right. week. Twenty four percent of females, 22 percent of males. So that's interesting. Right. And my I so guess pretty much everybody falls into that camp. It looks like what what struck what sex
0: stuck sex. out to me was the fact that people aren't posting every day, and I feel like that is that's. I mean, I know I should be following my own. Uh, advice here but that is huge you got to be posting every single day it's interesting to me that people are not finding i mean there's all kinds of reasons why that could be but i think definitely a part of it is that it's not perceived as easy to post every single day or maybe you don't feel like you have something to post every single day but i think the i mean the photographers that are getting the most work i feel like or maybe we can go try to figure this out the the photographers are getting the most work they must be putting out more content. Yeah. Um, so well, you'd think. you would think so yeah. at least, I don't know if, if we can figure that out in this data somehow, this would just, I think this is a bit of a wake up call, not just to me, but I think should be to our industry that it appears that people are not posting enough.
1: Look at this. It, the 18% of people where it's just supplementary mm-hmm. income don't have a business Instagram account at right. all. So I guess they just keep it personal. Yep. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, I guess that makes sense. What about sense, oh, but I'm people? Okay, who? Wait, hold on, go back up. Yep. So, okay, people that have been shooting. Uh, how long you've been a professional corresponding to business Instagram account? Uh, okay, there's nothing really there. Yeah, it's tough. It's so I think when we see a chart where there's not a
1: lot of yellow highlights, that means it's yeah very kind of spread out across the board. It's tough to draw any like if you could draw this out on a graph, this would there would be no peak uh so it's hard to point to anything everybody's doing whatever they want (laughs) when you don't see any any yellow
0: highlights okay uh another another interesting one this is just kind of a an easy one but 70 percent of people are shooting with dslr 30 percent mirrorless cannot wait for this thing next year uh to see oh yeah if you know (laughs) if that changes that 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 to me was kind of no, no, no. That's just going to be kind of funny to see. And going along with that, uh, Sony's at about twenty percent of the market share of full time wedding photographers here in this, you know, of the of the people surveyed. Twenty percent. Wow, that's crazy. See, that's where I I was. I, desperately wish i'd started
1: this like 2012 because then we would have seen what i would imagine is is accurate to our feelings that sony has you know kind of swooped in from out of, uh, from zero to be the vast majority or not majority but like on on a trajectory to overtake everyone yeah. but it's hard to say that for sure i'm assuming that is the case but like that's why we
0: need these reports right every even year though yeah.
1: one year after you know, one year on its own is sort of boring Gosh, I can't wait till we have like a decade's worth of this. Yeah, <laughs> it would be so
0: cool uh, to see that data.
1: I'm, I'm also going to start adding questions about videography in there. Oh, definitely. Because I'm curious to see if we can start to see swings in people um, trending more or less toward
0: videography as something they offer or not. Yeah. Here's something. How are you furthering your education? Yep, so I was going to mention that too. Lots of people furthering their education on YouTube.
1: Yeah, some of this is probably skewed by the fact that I'm spearheading this project yeah. and, and Patreon has one little peak. 41% of Southeast people are Patreon uh, subscribers in some way. Not just to me, but in general. I would imagine that trends toward my my yeah. actual patrons being a lot in the Southeast. Um, here we go. YouTube. Yeah. Look at that. Between So if you've been shooting between zero and five years, YouTube is your primary source of furthering your yep. education. But but look at that workshops it's a close second there
0: yep same and with blogs so if you're shooting between zero and five years you are you're on instagram and you're going to workshops at least half of you are
1: look at this and blogs. one-on-one mentorships not not so popular not so
0: popular at all I feel like one-on-one mentorships that i bet you i bet you we see that go up uh because so? in coronavirus i think it would be really helpful to have I mean really the fact is and this is something I learned a long time ago that I've only somewhat taken to heart which is having a mentor in some way shape or form is absolutely crucial as an artist if you yeah. can find anybody that will mentor you that is absolutely huge whether it's paid or not like if you if there's just like a person that you know that's like your neighbor down the street who's like you know, he, he used to shoot for National Geographic or something. Dude, go to him and ask him questions, you know, about <laughs> yeah. what, you, know, or, or, you know, find somebody who's like on Patreon who will mentor you. It's so helpful. And I think in the coronavirus meltdown, we're going to have, hopefully, we'll hopefully see a little bit more one-on-one relationships with people be like, you know, video, probably like a video mentorship type thing. I would kind of hope to see that, and that should yep. kind of raise the whole state of the industry if more people are being mentored.
1: Let's get back to the, what is your uh, highest source inquiry, successful inquiries from people that booked with you? Uh, I just sure. wanted to see Facebook ads. Look at that. Facebook ads. Oh, So low. So low. What about Instagram ads? Look at that.
0: Like Nothing. none,
1: almost. It seems that like 1% of people that don't live in the U.S. said Instagram ads led to successful bookings, but that's 1%. Six, six people, people out of th- over 1,000. That's crazy. Maybe there's six people so and know something we don't. Word, word of mouth here. I mean, it looks like Instagram organic, Google organic. What about Google ads? Do we have Google ads? Look at that. Where? Nothing. Nope. Nobody's getting inquiries yeah. like that successful leads from ads. Interesting. But I will say Facebook ads seem to have a noticeable edge. It's, it's still tiny. piddly numbers, but but like still less than 10 that's the only the one that seems to, to really have anything on it. Uh, I'm curious what the other is. 4% of people in the Southwest said other. Anyway, that's fascinating. And look at this. Google organic does trend much, much higher. Uh, the longer you've been in business makes sense. I'm guessing your website has a lot more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Eyeballs and sort of sort of backlinks built out, but it's, it's, mm, this is so fun to just stare at. I (laughs) I feel and, and like, so at the end of the day, you know, you look at this stuff and it's like, it's fun to tease out little things and you know, what do you do with it? I feel like just exposing yourself, looking at these charts for like, 10 or 15 yeah. minutes, maybe a couple of times over the course of a couple of weeks, sort of just like logs it in the back of your head. It kind of registers it as something to be aware of. And, it's, and it can not necessarily revolutionize your approach. Although some things, I think maybe you could, if you've been doing something totally wrong in your business, like spending thousands of dollars on an Instagram ad or something like that, expecting it to revolutionize your business. Uh, clearly, I think the numbers show that that's not likely to, to, to happen. Yeah. But e- even if you're not drawing like revolutionary, eye le- you know, eye-opening experiences from this, like it's just. Like reaffirming or or subtly nudging you in a in a direction maybe you hadn't considered before. Uh, Is that making sense? There totally. No, I think I I think just
0: looking at the. Numbers, you know, after a while, they do start to make a little bit of sense. Yeah,
1: and, and I'm not a, a data person, really. Neither mm-hmm. are you. I'm assuming Nathan, this isn't something that I'm like that excited about. No, but once but you actually can, start the it's, conversation, it's,
0: f- it's it's pretty straightforward. You yeah. can start seeing, like, you can start seeing, especially since the the important parts are actually highlighted. Yeah. Um, you can definitely I mean, if you're see. in the
1: southeast, it's so cool to just be like, oh boom you're located in the southeast very profitable family sessions you should probably start doing yep. those <laughs> if you're in the southeast uh Maybe, maybe not if you don't live in the U.S. But it's tricky too because you can look at some of this data, like you mentioned earlier. I can't remember which chart we were looking at. Oh, print sales. You could look at that as an opportunity. Yep. You know, like that nobody else is capitalizing. Sure. On, if if it's something you think you can figure no, out, there's stuff in it's here. It's interesting. But
0: um, and also, top five stylistic trends noticed in 2020: dark and moody, light and airy, orange tones, desaturated greens, prevalence of presets. I mean take you know take the sam hurt approach and don't do anything that people are doing uh you know or whatever it is like don't uh (laughs) you know whatever people are doing do the opposite of that i mean you there's an opportunity here for some dark and airy some light and moody some uh (laughs) some let's go like blue tones yes yeah let's let's (laughs) saturate the hell out of some greens and um you know come up with your own presets and i think you know, there's there are opportunities here that uh, I think these that at least in that that's when I think a lot of sort of the short term value of this type of data um, can can have is that you can say okay, here's what was popular this year. Now, is there a way? that I can either go towards that if I'm new or away from that if I'm if I've been stuck in something for a while like if I see myself if you see yourself in every single one of these straight down the middle you know you can you can take it in two ways you can say okay I'm doing something right I should keep going or you can say you know what I'm starting to feel a little bit in kind of in a groove that I don't want to be in so let's get out of that and where and this can literally show you data to show you exactly What people are doing, and that way you can, you know, turn and run the other way if you want, or hop right into the groove. Especially like, yeah, you can hop right in the groove and say, okay, my stuff has not been dark and moody. I want to shoot dark and moody. How am I going to do that? Okay, lots of people are figuring out stuff on YouTube. Okay, I'll try that too. You know, you can you can do any you can do a lot of stuff with this data. It's pretty exciting,
1: and I I wish I'd recorded this as a visual. Yeah, um, cool. podcast because uh, I'm planning to do this exact kind of breakdown and walk through just as a standalone tutorial. But maybe we'll have to re-record That's this cool. with the video. Uh, so it's probably more fun to have a conversation with somebody when you're explaining how to look at this data. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Especially but, one
0: with such great comic relief.
1: <laughs> so at the end of the day, uh, you know, the PDF really serves as sort of a ultra easy way to digest each individual basic response sure. uh the way that it is and then the excel spreadsheet is where i think it actually becomes sort of the most valuable where you're starting to compare the data against itself for this year and and yeah start to get some pretty interesting insights so yeah uh, uh did you have anything else in your notes anything else kind of stick out to you as
0: surprising or uh yeah the only other thing that stuck out to me was that 51% of people have hired an accountant that's good um and i wonder what the other is seven seven point four percent i don't know but i was i was just gonna say from a budge standpoint that um you know those people that have got an accountant good job for those who don't consider one
1: i thought you did your own accounting no
0: i did up until this past year Mm -hmm. got it yeah and it's been great just being able to being i mean this is a, a topic that we come to a lot you know in our talks but Trying to offload any kind of work that you don't really want to do or aren't that great at, as a person who's self-employed, is invaluable. So if you're a if you like doing your own accounting, great. But if not, like get an accountant. It's fine. Pay for it. Yep. It's worth it.
1: Let's end on the uh, how satisfied are you with Lightroom? Question.
0: Yeah, I saw that and I was like, who are
1: these people that are all satisfied with Lightroom? Yeah, I don't know. I can't believe it doesn't trend closer to not very satisfied and moderately satisfied. That's surprising to yeah, me. Yeah, I'm not satisfied. The vast majority are very or extremely. That's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that that's a bummer because it probably is an indicator of what Adobe themselves feel about their product. Yeah. And, and, and when you're happy like that, uh, it's probably not a lot of feeling of innovation and we need to sure. like, like push, push the product to
0: do new things. Speaking of which, the only other thing on my list that I wanted to talk about was that clients seem to be overall very satisfied with their photographer's photos, at least from the photographer's standpoint, I guess. (laughs) That's the problem. The question's kind of silly.
1: Uh, You have to assume, hopefully, some of those photographers that responded are doing
0: client uh, polls
1: or something like that.
0: Or at least getting and, uh, m- maybe receiving some email that, uh, or you know, from from most clients yeah. that are like, "Hey, we really left our photos. We're very satisfied." So yep, yep, yep. Um, well, uh, what are you up to the rest of the day? Uh, just doing emails. Cool. Same. Doing emails. How about you? Uh, I'm going to be editing some photo and some video of a shoot I did this past week, and then. Uh, that's not, that's about it. I think I'm going to knock out a couple of emails myself, and unfortunately, I cannot go on a bike ride today because it is raining. Not fun. All right. Well,
1: uh, guess that's right, it. Well, Thanks everyone for, for listening. Uh, go to stateoftheindustry.photo photo if you want to check out the Excel spreadsheet and then the the basic more PDF
0: uh, more basic PDF yourself. That'd be great. And uh, let us know what you thought of this data. <laughs> well. Awkward (laughs) Awkward